Our scripture reading this morning is John chapter 3, verses 5 through 8. Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Cataclysmic. Cataclysmic, that is the word to describe what happens when the Holy Spirit impacts someone's life. You can see the way our Lord just described it. He said, don't marvel. Don't marvel when you hear me say, you must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. You might find that hard to understand. And you know, you should find it hard to understand. Because it's like the wind. You hear the sound, you feel the effect. You don't know where it's come from, where it's going. So is everyone born of the Spirit. A cataclysmic change happens, a profound change. And those who experience Holy Spirit often don't know what hits them. It's, um, it's kind of like it happens because of something outside of them. We hear a lot today about how people determine their identities by only what's inside of them. You say, I don't want to pay attention to anything outside myself, even my own body. It's what's inside that determines my identity. But we're about to hear some stories from people who have determined their identity by something outside that affected them, that hit them from who knows where. And I asked the Lord to help us this morning to understand this, and he sent a mighty wind. Go outside today and feel this wind. You don't know where it came from. You don't really know where it's going, but you can feel it. You can feel the effects of it. And that is what we are going to see today. We're going to hear this passage illustrated, not exactly in a sermon, but in a sermon of people's lives. We're going to hear it illustrated again and again in a myriad of ways. What I'm going to do is invite up all of those people now who are going to be joining this church. We have a number of them, and what we're going to do is bring them all up together and then hear from them uh, one at a time. So what I'd like to do is invite you, when I call your name, to come up here so we hear the name, to, to, to the left here, where Craig is, and join us. Uh, thank you, Craig. Okay, so let me, let me tell you who is joining. I'm ask you to please come forward now. Scott and Susie Adamson, the Adamsons. Haley Allen. Sherry Annawalt. The Bretts. 
Robin, and Colleen, and they'll be joining with, as community members, also Eamon and Arwen will be non-community members. Estela Gonzalez, the Gomez's, Adam and Patricia, if you have your children, Kilani and Myla, come forward. The Lutfis, Stephen and Lauren. The Nolascos, so that's Leticia and Eduardo and Valerie and Amy. Hello, good morning. And Roman is going to help us also with them. And the Riggs, Richard and Catherine, please come forward as well. All right. Yes, so it, you're allowed to do double lines here as, <laughs> as we're stretching out. Come, come, come forward here. Very good. Now, what you're going to do is hear the Holy Spirit's movement on them. And they have an account to give you. And they've worked on these accounts. Some of them worked hard on these accounts. And I guarantee you, you are going to be enthralled. You're going to say, wait, wait, I want to hear more about that. And that's the point. That's the assignment you have. You should seek them out afterwards and, and talk to them about how you relate to what they say and hear more of the story because you're going to tell just from what they say there's a big story here behind it. So to begin, let me call forth Colleen Brett. And maybe she could come if Eamon is, is here. Right there. So we see Eamon as well. Colleen has a story for us. And it helps us see what the Holy Spirit uses when he blows. When the Holy Spirit blows, sometimes he uses small things to trigger big things. In fact, sometimes the Holy Spirit even uses death to bring out life. So I'm going to hold this for you so you're not bothered by me tapping up your elbow to get it close to your mouth. Thanks. All right. Let's hear. I'm lucky number one here. Hi, guys. No one to hide behind. So... Uh, I was born and raised in the Catholic Church and was raised with that as my foundation. It was a solid foundation. I was baptized there. Uh, and through the years, though, I became what you would call as wayward, kind of drifted and followed the way of the world. But I always had a niggling sense of sadness in the back of my mind. I knew I was living away from Christ. I wished to find the Lord, but try as I might, I couldn't find him on my own. We did try. Uh, Robin and I went to the Catholic Church on and off as a young couple. And when our kids were little, we baptized our oldest son here, Eamon, in the Catholic Church, but then did not baptize Arwen because we did not feel like we were fulfilling our commitment as Catholics. So we didn't think it we would be wise. We could take care of that. <laughs> yeah. We just didn't think it would be wise to continue to go to a church where we weren't actually being there as a committed couple. I did not actually come to faith in Christ until last year, September 2022, when my grandma was very sick. And we got the call that we should come to say goodbye to her in the hospital. And I went with my dad and my brother, Patrick, and I watched 
as they prayed for her and they laid hands on her with the most love and grace I've ever experienced. And it was like something moved in me, the Holy Spirit, which I didn't know then, I know now. Uh, something moved in me beyond anything I could have ever imagined. Um, and she was gone less than 10 hours from there. Driving home on Route 76 with my brother and my dad, and we were talking, felt like the world was spinning faster than I could put my finger on. And then I started reading the Bible. And we discussed, Robin and I discussed coming here, coming to Ironworks. Um, and the Holy Spirit opened my eyes and my heart uh, to the gospel. And we started just coming here as a family, and we've been here ever since. And here we are, a year later, officially joining. So you're saying that the Holy Spirit can even work on Route 76? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who knew? <laughs> All right. Well, welcome. Thank you very much for coming and being brave here. Let me uh, pass the baton to Susie Adamson. So glad you could make it Thank here. You. Almost didn't. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Tell us, Susie, about your story. I grew up in a Christian home and doubt that I missed a single Sunday of going to church during my childhood. I realized later in life, though, that as a child and young adult, I was very religious and pious and had a works righteousness mindset. During and after college, I swung in the opposite direction, absorbed a lot of the world's teaching, and led a self-indulgent life. I focused on satisfying my fleshly desires. I attended church very infrequently. I never questioned the existence of God, but I certainly did not pursue a relationship with him. Thanks to the prayers of my grandmother and my parents, keep praying parents, the faithful encouragement of my sister, and the ministries of Redeemer Presbyterian Church in New York City and Bible Study Fellowship, God drew me back to him. I understood the gospel and the message of grace for the first time in my life. I learned to love God's word, to study and delight in him. Through marriage and parenthood, God has taught me to relinquish control and surrender to his sovereignty. I pray daily that he would help me in my unbelief, and I am so grateful when he answers my prayers to hunger and thirst for his word. One of my favorite passages for our family is Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. That is the prayer of my heart. So beautiful. So we see the way the Holy Spirit works with circumstances and with the sword of the Spirit. And Susie, what is the sword of the Spirit? The word of the Lord. The word of the Lord faithfully preached. And that's what Holy Spirit used in your life. Thank you. So you're welcome here. Okay, let us now hear from Letitia. Used to be Lopez, now Letitia Nolasco. And Letitia, you can come and bring Valerie too. Why doesn't Valerie come up with you? And Ramon is going to help us. Hi, Letitia. Welcome. Okay, so you're ready? Okay, so sometimes the Holy Spirit uses uh, the word, sometimes he uses circumstance, sometimes he uses hard things, sometimes very hard things in our lives. Let's listen. Hola a todos, soy Leticia Nolasco. 
Cuando nací, mi papá y mi mamá me abandonaron. Fui criada y educada por mis abuelos paternos y ellos me instruyeron en la fe católica, donde también fui bautizada. Hello everyone, my name is, her name is Leticia Nolasco. When I was born, my dad and my mom abandoned me. I was raised and educated by my paternal uh, grandparents. They instructed me in the Catholic uh, faith, where I was also baptized. El saber que había sido abandonada por mis padres me hizo crecer con un fuerte sentido de rechazo, falta de aceptación, resentimiento contra Dios y constantemente me sentía sola, anhelando tener una familia. Knowing that I had been abandoned by my parents uh, made me grow up with a strong sense of rejection, a lack of acceptance, resentment, Uh, against God, and I uh, constantly felt alone, longing to have a family. Con el paso del tiempo, Dios en su providencia me permitió llegar a los Estados Unidos, aquí, donde empezó un proceso de transformación en mi vida. Él ha usado a varias personas de esta iglesia para enseñarme que en Cristo yo puedo ser parte de una familia más grande que la, que la familia que me abandonó cuando era pequeña. Que al crecer en Cristo, que al creer en Cristo, vengo a ser parte de la familia de Dios. Mi oración ahora es que la familia, familia biológica que Él me ha dado crezca cerca de Él. Muchas gracias. As uh, time went by, uh, God in His providence allowed me uh, to come to the United States. Here, God began a process of transformation in me. He has used uh, several people in this church to teach me that in Christ I can be part of a family that, uh, that is bigger than the family that abandoned me when I was little. That by believing in Christ, I become part of the family of God. My prayer now is that my biological family, uh, the family that he has given me, will uh, grow close to him. Thank you very much. Bienvenida. 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 Muy bien, muy bien. Muchas gracias. And this is her daughter, Valerie, who also has uh, a story to tell about hard circumstances and how the Holy Spirit uses those. Only fortunately, she can tell us uh, in some of our own language, uh, English. My name is Valerie, and this is how my relationship with God began. So when I was younger, I knew that me and my family worshipped God, but I never really understand, understood what my pastor was saying, and it didn't really matter to me. Then in 2019, a difficult family situation occurred. Then we began praying every day and actually having time for him and worship, and um, that's when I started to realize that God is so important. Then in late 2020, we moved to Pennsylvania, and we met Mrs. Guess, and she offered us to take us to her church. We went with her every Sunday, and I and understood what he, uh, the pastor was saying, and what, and I actually understood. Then we, then since then, I have been in close relationship with the Lord and accepted Him as my Lord and Savior, and I trust Him with my life. I pray every day and keep a close relationship with the Lord. Now, you heard the most important line in that testimony. When she came to this church, she understood what the pastor was saying, okay? It's probably the most important line of the day. 
Yeah, but you are trusting the Lord with your life. Yes. And you're ready to do that. Mm -hmm. We are so glad that you are among us. Welcome, welcome, Thank Valerie. You. All right. Let's now hear another uh, story where there's a family situation that might be difficult that the Lord uses, and that's from Adam Gomez. Adam, it's a great guy with a great story. You can see he's a dad. He doesn't have everything <laughs> under control, right? Okay. Falling apart. <laughs> so um, I, come from an immigrant, I come from immigrant parents and grandparents who fled El Salvador to the U.S. seeking asylum. During their journey from El Salvador to the U.S., my grandfather believed God was calling him to spread the gospel in this new place that they were going to call home. Being raised in the U.S. while belonging to an immigrant family, wanting to hold to their Salvadorian traditions, often led to my not liking or understanding this calling. My grandfather became a pastor and took the entire family for the ride. The church, predominantly composed of Salvadorian immigrants, had many archaic traditions and rules that, to me, equaled zero fun allowed. As an example, I never learned what the typical music and dance looked like in El Salvador, didn't even know it existed because the church viewed it, viewed it as a gateway to sin. Consequently, I understood my Salvadorian culture and church life to be one and the same, controlled by these zero fun traditions and rules. My relationship with God was, I do this plus that minus this equals God is happy and blesses us. Unfortunately, the math doesn't work out in this equation and life becomes hard to manage. But thanks to God's mercy and grace, Patricia's uncle reintroduced me to the Christian faith from a different perspective. He explained justification by faith, God's sovereignty through our sufferings, and how the Holy Spirit produces faith in us. It blew my mind and changed my walk with God completely. Life is still both joyful and painful, but I am thankful that God is glorified through all of it, even in my weakness and fear. Thanks. Isn't that wonderful? So grace, not rules. Is that what we get from Adam? Still falling apart. Okay. Uh, yes. <laughs> grace, not rules. Yes. Very important message for us. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. So sometimes hard family situations, but you know, the Holy Spirit also uses faithful family situations, faithful members. You'll hear in many of these stories, faithful members, the importance of some member of the family. So I'd like to invite the uh, Riggs to come over now and uh, give us uh, their story because it helps us to see the Holy Spirit also moves powerfully through faithful parents. Richard, welcome. Oh, thank you. Let me, uh, let me invite you to tell us your tale. Sure. So I came to faith in Jesus Christ at an early age. When I look back at my formative years, I could see quite clearly that God was at work bringing me to faith through the influence of my parents. Both my mother and my father were devout Christians, and both made it their highest priority to help me and my four siblings know Jesus Christ. Whether it was taking us to church, reading us the Bible, praying with and for us, or explaining the gospel to us in daily family devotions, my parents were intentional about teaching us the word of God. As a result of their faithfulness, I came to understand both the depth of my sinfulness and my need for God's grace when I was a small child. In addition to teaching us God's word, my parents modeled through their lives what it meant to live as children of God. I was moved by the way they faithfully followed Christ through times of trial, 
especially during my mother's battle with brain cancer. She received the diagnosis when I was about eight years old. Despite struggling and suffering through years of treatments and surgeries, she always put our needs and interests before her own. Likewise, my father embodied Christ-like love in the selfless way he cared for my mother in her time of need. I saw how the Lord comforted and guided them as they walked through the valley of the shadow of death. And I was moved to trust the Good Shepherd the way my parents did. So that is so marvelous, a story and such a testimony. Thank you for honoring your parents. You see this, parents, faithful parents? Picture your little kid like this, okay? <laughs> your labor is not in vain. Now let's hear from Catherine, who <clears throat> has something special to say about her mom. I was born and raised in a Christian home by godly parents who faithfully took my two brothers and me to church every week and ensured that we actively participated in church life. My parents led me in accepting Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior when I was four years old. But in my early teen years, I went through a long crisis of faith where the awareness of and weight of my sins crushed me. I found that I did not understand God's love, grace, and mercy for me at all. I finally opened up to my mom when I couldn't take it anymore. She walked me through God's grace in a way that I could understand that while I was still a sinner, Christ died to reconcile me to God. His blood atoned for my sins once and for all, and even though I would still continue to sin and make mistakes, um, God was sanctifying me and would never cease to draw me closer to him. Psalm 103 says, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. And ever since that day, I have trusted in God's grace and sanctifying work in my life. A year ago, my husband Richard and I moved to Chester County, where I grew up, and heard this message from my mother, we are so happy that God led us to Ironworks, where we immediately felt welcomed and at home by this same message. Isn't that a wonderful word? Uh, so do you hear that, mothers? Uh, your children will rise up and call you blessed if you have the word of grace at the right time and the right place for them. Thank you for sharing with us. All right, the message of grace. Now let me invite Stephen uh, over here. Stephen, if you can. Stephen Lutfi, and he has a baby in tow. So, sisters, brothers, family members, parents, sometimes the Lord will use a spouse as a motivation. Sometimes the Lord will use a spouse-to-be, and uh, we can hear that in this story. Right, Steve? Yes. I uh, grew up with a Christian family, and I went to a private Christian school from K to 12, and I became a believer at some point in elementary school. I don't remember the specific details, but I do recall my acceptance of Jesus to be genuine. Uh, however, as I continued through my schooling and into my early college years, my faith was not something that was very important to me, lukewarm. Uh, it wasn't until my later college years when the prospect of marriage became more serious uh, did my future wife explain how important my faith was for our relationship together. She gave me the push that I needed to start taking it more seriously, and I ended up getting baptized. She was the catalyst for me, and she is the biggest reason I am where I am today. Thank you, Stephen. And what difference would you say, that, if I could ask you that, 
being a Christian now makes in your life today? Well, now that I have two kids, I can <laughs> say that uh, it definitely makes a big difference there because if I didn't have Jesus, I wouldn't be so selfless with my children as much as I am right now. Not that I'm perfect, of course, but easily that's the biggest difference right now for me. I, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> When I, when I was single, I thought I was really uh, quite a guy. <laughs> and then I got married, I found out how selfish I was. And then when I had children, I found out how really selfish I was. But I'm sure you're right. That's, that's the exact same path I've been on myself, yes. <laughs> very good, very good. Thank you, Stephen. And I guess we want to thank your wife uh, for being there at the right time as well. Okay, let's have Scott Adamson come forward now. A big guy with a big story is going to tell us what happens when the things of this life grow strangely dim. Yeah. Okay. Good morning. I was hoping I was going to be first, but, um, well, all right. My walk started with an infant baptism into a Lutheran church in New Jersey. For the next 18 years, the church was a weekly habit. I enjoyed the community and routine of faith and the sense that, the ch that supporting the church, ushering, accolading youth group, helping others was a good thing to do and important but it never felt like it was mine. Following college and a break from church, I met Susie in the late 90s. God was central in her family, and it was important for her to know that our relationship to, to even begin, God, not just the church, was central to her life and mine. She was surrounded by faithful family and dear friends who encouraged and supported me in returning to the church. I began attending Redeemer New York City and listened to Tim Keller preach. This was all new. This was the first time I understood the gift of grace, challenged by not having to do something, but the sacrifice of Jesus was for me. It also was when I heard a pastor speak of we and us, not you, when addressing the challenges of life, the impact of sin, and the struggles we all face in a daily, that we face daily in a fallen world. This was life-changing. The encouragement to ask questions and to wrestle with what we hear and read was refreshing. God was not too big to hear and not too busy to care. Susie and I were married in 2000, and I'm the reason that she's continuing to improve her patience. Um, 24 years later, almost, life is not any easier, but when I remember to turn my eyes upon Jesus, I'm often surprised by how abundantly blessed and provided for I am and how the things of the earth grow strangely dim. That is quite a story, and uh, it's marvelous to see how Susie was a big motivator there. In fact, you kept you went back and forth a few times, right? Where yep. it wasn't. She was like, "No, we're yeah, not. No, yeah. We're not there yet." <laughs> yeah. So amazing how the Holy Spirit can use a spouse to be. Yep. Thank you for sharing, Scott. Let's have one more story about how the Holy Spirit uses a spouse or a spouse to be. And that is from Patricia. Patricia. Patricia Gomez. Girls get to come up again. <laughs> They're into it. Um, I grew up in a Christian family who were very active in church. We attended services three times a week. I was baptized as a teenager and participated in our church plays and choir. I learned about Jesus and served him the best I knew how but my faith was mostly driven by fear. In my early 20s, my parents got divorced. They had been married for 26 years. My siblings and I were devastated. 
It was the first time I experienced loss. My dad moved out, my siblings got married, and I was alone with my mom. I began to date, which resulted in a broken engagement. I knew it was the right choice, but I felt as if I had failed. I slipped into depression. Then my brother's wife gave birth to a stillborn baby at eight months pregnant. Um, sorry. It's fine. I was devastated, and my depression became unbearable. One evening, I told the Lord that I could not bear the pain anymore. I said, I need you to meet me at the altar of a church. It was a Thursday night, so I began to Google church services tonight. As I'm scouring the internet, I received a call. A friend whom I had met a couple of weeks prior said, Hi, just calling you to invite you to church tonight at 7. I was in shock. The Lord saw me in my pain. He met me at the altar that night. Within months, I had a group of friends who loved the Lord. I was serving in church, and my heart was full of joy and forgiveness. Only God can do that. The friend who called me that Thursday night is now my husband of 10 years, and we have two children together. My family constantly serves as a reminder to me of the Lord's mercy, faithfulness, and love. Today, I pursue a life that honors the Lord and give thanks to him at all times, especially during my trials. The Lord meets us in a moment of pain, does he not? Thank you. Thank you for sharing so honestly with us. And thank you for your family. Welcome, welcome to the church. All right, a message of grace. Let's now um, hear about some folks who had a journey understanding what church was. And that was a big part of the way the Holy Spirit moved in their lives to help them understand what church was. And let's hear first from Hallie. Alan, will you come forward? Hallie has a story for us. Yeah. All right. I, I can remember my dad bringing my family to churches when I was little, which were always in school cafeterias with folding chairs and a lingering smell of disinfectant. And as a rather critical child, I found this seemingly discount brand of church off-putting. Catholic mass with my grandmother seemed far more impressive to me, what I believed a church really ought to be, that is, a building with stained glass windows and pews. Um, eventually, my dad would bribe us to come to church with Vietnamese food, and although I believe that God did exist, my heart was unchanged. During my senior year of high school, I was cast in a play with a girl in my grade named Emma, whom I had known but never befriended. This was because Emma was the school's resident Christian girl. I avoided Emma in years past because I had the wrong impression that she thought she was better than everyone else, but that year, Emma and I became good friends, and she shared her faith with me. Unfortunately, I was also hanging around with a group who would have put Dionysus to shame. The summer before college, I was going through my first real heartbreak, and I spent it with that crew numbing myself. I would write in a journal frequently and ask God to forgive my sins and save me, but my heart was still unchanged. Throughout college and the years after, I intellectually accepted Christianity, but I still had a heart of stone. 
right before COVID, I moved from Baltimore and I started going with my friend Emma to church again. Then during the pandemic, I returned to church with my dad, but eventually I moved back to Baltimore, still afraid to commit myself fully to the Lord. In 2022, I came back to PA and had the persistent feeling that I was wasting my life. I knew I was a sinner, I knew Jesus was my savior, and I wanted to start living like it. That summer, I came to Ironworks, initially put off by the rock band-style worship music and the liturgy that, in my mind, resembled the Catholic Mass, but Patty Yodas came up to me and encouraged me to give it a chance. So I kept coming, and since then, the Lord has poured into me through the people of Ironworks. I now know what a church really is. I don't know exactly when my heart was changed. All I can say is that my heart was coated in ice, and slowly over many years, the Lord melted it away. He kept coming back for me, even when I was bent on self-destruction, even when I bitterly rejected him. He did not let my soul be lost, for my Savior lost me so. He held me fast. Praise God for never letting go. Praise God for never letting go. Thank you, Hallie. And you see how the Holy Spirit has to convince us um, about what it is to be cool and what it really means to be cool. So thank you. Thank you for sharing. All right, another journey about what church is. Let's hear from Robin Brett. And Robin, you can bring up Arwen. Hi, Arwen. All right. And uh, Robin is joining here. Uh, we're understanding this as a profession of faith today. Let's hear the, some of your journey. So uh, when I first started attending Ironworks, I was really just doing it because my wife, Colleen, wanted us to go back to church, and you know, she shared her in her testimony, and was really you know, doing it for her, and, um, you know, and with the hope that I could open myself up to something bigger and more powerful in my life. I'd always had that well, hopeful agnostic thing going, whatever you may call that, that allowed me to be open to God. You know, a lot of my friends are completely closed off um, to God, and I was always hopeful and want to search for him, but I'd never taken any steps towards him or allow myself to be vulnerable uh, to his love. So in this past year, um, being part of this community, finding more Christians in my life to talk to, and allowing myself to let my walls down and absorb this peace and this hope, I've been able to uh, be vulnerable to God and fully understand that I was never meant to go through the many challenges this world has for me alone. I've accepted that my failures and sins as a man are not something that I can overcome just by my own doing. I now see that I need God's direction and Jesus' love to find my way in this world and to become the man I need to be. This has been the revelation that I had always been searching for, and um, by joining this church today, I am feel like I'm now finally making myself fully vulnerable to God. Robert, you, uh, you certainly are becoming the man that God wants you to be, and this today is an important step. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. Right now? <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> you can face forward. Robin Brett, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. And now, Arwen. You ready? You stand this way. Arwen Brett, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Here you go, honey. Welcome. Your song. 
we'll deal with it. <laughs> I might electrocute myself here, but oh, what a wonderful, wonderful time. You see the way the Spirit blows, and we don't know where he's coming from. We don't know what he's doing, but he does it. And we're the, we're the gracious recipients uh, of this. And so um, let us hear once more about this journey to what a church is from Amy Nolasco. Amy? Amy is 15. And so she is joining today as a community member with us. Um, hi, my name is Amy. Growing up, I've always known who God is and have a basic understanding of him. I grew up in a Catholic church, but I didn't really have a close relationship with him or cared much about having one. People in my life have helped me get to know better about God, like the Guest family. They're wonderful people that have always been there for me and my family during these difficult times. And I soon saw how good God really is, which is why I love Ironworks, because the people here really feel like a family who have had a positive impact in my life, and I thank God for that. I would say I started getting closer to him around 2020, 2021, during COVID, where there's been some difficulties going on in my life, and I found myself seeking God and asking him to help me find peace. I started praying more and came to realize that I was a sinner and could not deal with everything in my life on my own. I knew I needed God to save me, and my faith began to grow. Now I see what a close relationship with God really means. Amy, uh, thank you. And uh, thank you again for commending the guesses. Their commendation is well-deserved. And thank you for what you're bringing to our youth group as well. Welcome, welcome. So we're hearing this message of grace, which is the one thing that the Holy Spirit does over and over, is impress upon us grace. So let us hear some more about that from Estella Gonzalez, a dear friend of mine, and someone we're so happy to be having join our church. Estella? I grew up in Mexico in a family of five siblings. My parents raised us in the Christian faith. And since I was little, I heard the stories of all the miracles God had done for his people. Uh, some of these stories were scary to me when I was little because they talked about things like fire, lions, and people swallowing whales. But I soon learned that God always conquered evil at the end of the story. It took me a few more years to understand that evil was not only around me, but it was also a part of my own actions, my own thoughts, and my own motivations. When I was about eight years old, God used a conversation with my sister to confront me with the reality that I wasn't as good as I thought I was. That day, I realized that I had been trying to create my own definition of morality. I had failed to understand that only God, the creator, has the right to decide what's good and what's evil. And according to him, I was a sinner. So I was not good. But I was also understanding that God himself had provided through Jesus the way to righteousness, saving me from my own morality and also the pride, shame, and guilt that came with it. Um, when I was 18, I moved to the, to the U.S. and started a, a new life here. And um, since that day when, when I received God as my own Savior, um, and when I moved here to the U.S., God has deepened and continued to change my understanding of him, of myself also, and of the world. Uh, recently, he has been showing me the richness of his grace, the persistence of his goodness, and the certainty of his promises to me. 
Estella, thank you. And thank you for making my friend Ramon so happy. <laughs> we are very glad to be having you join in the spirit of grace with us. Thank you. Ending evil through grace and power. Let's hear about that also from Sherry Altwalt. Anna Walt. Watch your step here. Created a mess. Hi, Sherry. Hi. So glad you could be with us. Sherry is in different places at different times, but she felt like this was the time to make a church her home. So let's hear. I was baptized as an infant and always believed in God as far back as I can remember. My grandmother used to pray with me. I went to a Lutheran church and was there any time the doors were open. I took my first communion and joined the choir. I loved God and everything he stood for. But I was a person who mistakenly believed good works got you to heaven. When I went to live with my father, he did not believe in church, so we didn't go. I relied on my own strength and determination to navigate life. I went along thinking it was okay to worship and have relationship with God without community. I was always praying and teaching my children the best I could on my own. One day we were in the car, and my daughter pointed to a white church and asked, What's that, Mommy? I said, that's God's house. Immediately, my daughter exclaimed, I want to go to God's house. That daughter was Shana, and she was only two years old. A friend at work said, don't you realize God is talking to you? You need to take her to God's house. At that time, for the first time, through a TV evangelist preacher named Charles Stanley, I really understood the gospel. I finally realized what Jesus had done, how he paid the price for me, an undeserving sinner. And no matter what, I could never earn or repay his sacrifice. I was a sinner, and I needed saving. God has preserved me through a bitter divorce, nursing school, and a scandalous church split. But I've longed to be in a healthy church community, living out my faith, serving in the body of Christ, and sharing the gospel with others. I'm thankful that in Ironworks, I have found a community that has a true reverence for God and does the work of God's kingdom in so many ways. A, a long and difficult journey, Sherry, that has brought you here. And um, I guess I would like to know, when, when uh, Shana was young, has she always had such a calming voice when she speaks, the way she does now? Shana was born calm. Shana was born calm. She was. And uh, she wanted to go to that white church. She right? sure did. <laughs> and she's standing up, holding on to the armrest, out of her seatbelt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for sharing, and welcome. Welcome to the church. All right. Now let's hear from that woman that you were wondering, who is that, that person Stephen was talking about? Like, who is she? But well, let's uh, bring her up and meet her. Lauren Lofty. <laughs> has a brief word for us and I guess she's bringing Lily hi all right I'll stand here how about that morning everyone I have a little we're worried about the microphone my daughter it's okay good that'll work morning um so I was raised in a loving Christian home like a lot of the other people here where I also attended private school. That is where I met Stephen. So be aware if your child is at school dating someone, might be the one. <laughs> um, so at an early age, I remember receiving Jesus into my heart as a girl. But once I was a teenager, I reached a point where I needed to decide 
if this Jesus was really mine or my parents. So I went through a few searching years of teenage angst. And after I attended a youth group trip to the university in Tennessee, I made the decision that Jesus was really mine. I felt the Holy Spirit that night calling me back to Christ, and I recommitted my life to him while I was there. Since then, the Lord has used different circumstances in each stage of my life to keep calling me back to himself. The ups and downs of college, waiting at times not so patiently to get married to Stephen, to feel like to start my life, and learning how to be a wife and a mother. All make me feel very grateful that we have a God who always chases his sheep. Thank you. And he has chased you. We are so glad the Holy Spirit has done that, Lauren. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. All right. And finally, uh, let us hear from Eduardo. Eduardo Nolasco with Roman to help us. Again, we hear about the difficulties that the Holy Spirit uses to bring us back to God. Eduardo, welcome. Hola, buenos días a todos. Mi nombre es Elber Nolasco. Soy originario de Guatemala. Desde que yo era niño, asistí con mis padres a la iglesia pentecostal. Durante mi infancia, tuve un encuentro personal con Cristo y cuando crecí, solo seguí mis propios deseos lejos de Dios. Hello, good morning to everyone. My name, his name is uh, Elber Nolasco. Uh, I am originally from Guatemala. Uh, since I was a child, I attended the Pentecostal church with my parents. During my childhood, I did not have a personal encounter with Christ, and when I grew up, I only followed my own desires away from God. Desde que llegué a los Estados Unidos, he atravesado situaciones muy difíciles que Dios ha usado para acercarme a Él. He aprendido y sigo aprendiendo que en Cristo Dios es mi refugio y fortaleza. Mi, pro, mi pronto auxilio en las tribulaciones. Since I arrived uh, in the United States, I have gone through very difficult situations that God has used to bring me closer to Him. I have learned and I continue to learn that in Christ, God is my refuge and strength, my very present help in tribulations. Hoy entiendo que las dificultades de esta vida pueden apuntar a los peligros mayores como el pecado de los que Cristo nos ha librado. El mayor peligro del que me ha librado es el de pasar una eternidad sin Él. Hoy conozco de manera personal a Cristo y quiero seguir conociéndolo a Él junto a mi esposa y a mis hijos. Uh, today I understand that the difficulties of this life can uh, can point to, a greater, uh, uh, to the greater dangers, such as sin, from which Christ has freed us. The greatest danger he has saved me from is that of spending an eternity without him. Today, I know Christ personally, and I want to continue knowing him along with my wife and my children. Bienvenido. 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 We are so glad for you and your family. This is what the Holy Spirit does. Can we give a hand for the Holy Spirit and what he has done in these people's lives? Incredible. 
incredible. Amazing. We are so grateful for all of what the Holy Spirit has done in your life. And he is blowing. He's continuing to blow. Let us hear the membership questions. Craig is going to ask. We ask you to respond in the affirmative. We do. Right. So these are questions we went through in the interview. Uh, so just as a reminder, the answer is yes or we do. <laughs> Unless that's changed and then we'll have to have a talk. Uh, do you acknowledge yourselves to be sinners in the sight of God, justly deserving his displeasure, and without hope, save in his sovereign mercy? We do. Do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as the Son of God and Savior of sinners, and do you receive and rest upon him alone for salvation as he is offered in the gospel? Do you now resolve and promise in humble reliance upon the grace of the Holy Spirit that you will endeavor to live as becomes followers of Christ? Do you promise to support the church in its worship and work to the best of your ability? And do you submit yourselves to the government and discipline of the church and promise to study its purity and peace? Let's bow our head in prayer. Oh, wind of the Spirit, you have blown over us. We have felt you. We have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. But we do not whence you arise or where you are taking us. Blow us out these doors into the lives of service. We marvel, Jesus. We don't marvel because that we need to be born again. We marvel because we are born again, that the Holy Spirit blows on our lives and makes us new. Spirit, you have blown over, over these people. May this church faithfully proclaim in word and deed the counsel they need now to grow into our head, Jesus Christ. May our church stay faithful for their sakes. May the church become what you want with them coming in, that we all enter the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen.